This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have a two-part feature on the long-range outlook for spring and summer weather. Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. has details on prairie weather and does not expect the same heat dome that covered much of the prairies last summer, but there could be some dryness. We have a feature interview with Staller Enterprises on new crop inputs that will boost yields this year. And four regional colleges are offering training programs. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. The long-range weather forecast for Saskatchewan shows a wide range of conditions in coming months. Drew Lerner at World Weather Inc. says some parts of western Saskatchewan will be a bit dry at spring seeding. Uh, from southern Alberta, it will extend right into the heart of Saskatchewan. Again, this is not going to occur right off the, the bat. I think we'll have to wait a few weeks for the rains to really kick in. But later in the summer, it will get much wetter in some of those areas. Now, farther to the east in Manitoba, in southeastern Saskatchewan, uh, they'll have a great spring. Uh, they'll have timely moisture uh, events coming. They've got snow to melt, and uh, they'll get started really well. Their problem is that there's a potential for a high-pressure ridge to build up in the central United States as we get into early to late spring. And if the ridge gets carried away, it could get strong enough to poke its head above the border, and we could end up with Manitoba and southeastern Saskatchewan turning drier, just like western Alberta, when we get into the second half of the growing season, and that could be a little bit more of a problem. But those areas will have a great start to the growing season, though, better than most areas in the prairies, actually, and uh, so that's kind of where I'm looking at. I don't think we'll see the kind of extreme heat we saw last year. That's not likely to occur. Uh, we'll have our moments, but it's not going to be as persistent as, as what we saw in 2021. Lerner stresses the dome of hot air from last summer should not repeat again this year. That's correct. Uh, we are going to have a ridge around in the spring. We'll probably uh, the western parts of the prairies, the, the west half of Alberta, will probably have a fairly warm spring, and uh, there'll be some concern about that uh, as, because it will help to firm the ground fairly quickly. But uh, there will be breaks in the ridge that will allow for some moisture to occur, and uh, that warmth with the moisture we have in the ground should be really favorable for, for a favorable start to the growing season. But that ridge will progress to the east as we go forward through the growing season. And because of the intensity of drought that still remains, not only in the southwest prairies, but down through all of the western United States, that ridge still has potential to be a strong ridge 
And if it gets too strong, we'll still have some heat to deal with, and it could get extreme again. I just don't think it's going to be a a full summer season uh, event like last year, and I think that the ridge will eventually get far enough to the east to bring some milder temperatures and certainly rain in the areas that I've described. Uh, But there is that potential we might heat up a little bit too much in the eastern prairies. I still would be surprised to see any kind of excessive heat like we saw last year. But as long as we have drought in the continent and we don't break it down and we get into the warm season, the potential for that to get carried away is still there. And we will have to watch it as we move forward through the growing season. Coming up, Drew Lerner discusses the current La Nina impact on prairie weather. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. A weather forecaster does not expect a repeat of last summer's drought in southern Saskatchewan. Drew Lerner says there will be some hot, dry weather, but he does not expect another severe drought. Lerner discusses the current La Nina impact on prairie weather. Yeah, La Nina has actually had a big role to play on all of our temperatures here this winter and somewhat of the precipitation pattern. Uh, La Nina has been fairly strong. We're actually in a very unique uh, period in weather cycling and by that I'm talking about the fact that this La Nina is occurring after the 22-year solar cycle. And what we have found every time we have a La Nina that occurs in this particular cycle, uh, the La Nina events last longer than usual. And the La Nina did play into uh, some of the heat and dryness last year in the summer, but most of our influence in the prairies uh, from La Nina comes in the winter, and it's usually a colder, biased winter, and it does tend to suppress some of the precipitation away from the front range of the Rockies. Uh, And uh, there's a tendency for some of these La Nina years to have greater precipitation in southern Manitoba as well as uh, from southern Alberta up the Front Range. But uh, And we've seen a little bit of that, but not as much as we usually do. We have definitely seen the cold. And there's one other weather pattern which is uh, kind of interesting that's helping to reinforce the intensity of the cold, and that has to do with high-level winds that blow above the equator. Now, that's a long ways away from here, but uh, when those winds blow from west to east in the high high altitudes uh, above the equator, at the same time we have a La Nina playing out, we tend to get those temperatures colder than they usually would be. And I think we've seen that. We've had several minus 40-degree mornings this winter, Uh, Not necessarily right here in Alberta, uh, as much as it's been all over the prairies. We've had our share, but Saskatchewan's had theirs too, and I imagine Manitoba will before the winter is over. Uh, All of that is tied into these uh, coincidental weather patterns, if you will, where they all come together at the same time and reinforce one another. So La Nina is responsible for the cold that we've seen. Now, western parts of the prairies, and Alberta in particular, is in the midst of a nice warm-up at the moment, and that's because of the 18-year cycle, which is expected to push our ridge of high pressure to the east as we go deeper through the winter. And that's why I think we'll have a little more of a warm tendency in Alberta when we get to the late winter, early spring. That does not mean we won't get back into some cold air. I don't want you to think that we're done with winter. 
that's not necessarily the case, but we will have more warmth here in the western part of the prairies than certainly Manitoba and Saskatchewan will. Drew Lerner is with World Weather, Inc. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. This week on Real Ag Radio, we heard from Jeremy Boychin of Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions, as well as Peter Johnson, Real Agriculture's agronomist, talking about glyphosate-resistant downy brome discovered in southern Alberta. This is an Alberta issue, but obviously it impacts as well producers in Saskatchewan. It's definitely something to keep on your radar in Saskatchewan uh, for sure. Okay, well, I, I got a bit of a scary one here because... In, in some areas, if you have it, you know it. It's, it's downy brome. And the idea that we have some resistance to downy brome is that, that one really, you start to think about, oh boy, because uh, it, it can snuff out a crop. It, it just has that ability. What are your thoughts on this discovery? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely, definitely scary the impact that it can have on a crop and, and, you know, Charles Gettys, he, he said it right now. I have to, you know, give credit where due. Sean, you guys did a great job um, on your article kind of letting people know about this. And, um, you know, this is the first grassy weed species in Canada to be resistant to glyphosate. So this is, you know, it's kind of like a, a shake for everyone to say, you know, this can happen um, and, and this stuff can move and smother out a, a crop pretty quickly. So producers right now, I mean, this was located in the Tabor area. Um but I think we certainly need to have, you know, on our checklist of what we're scouting this year after we're, we're doing a herbicide application is, um, you know, are we seeing any type of resistance? And this this sits with downy brown, this sits with wild oats too. We're seeing wild oats increase in terms of prevalence of resistance across the province. So make sure you're monitoring. Check for plants that are still alive next to dead plants. You know, they're going to be in weird patterns in the field or, or little patches. Um, but make sure you're monitoring that. Talk to your agronomist if your agronomist is scouting fields. Make sure that you're aware that they need to be aware. Um, this is something that we need to be on top of because we've seen with other weeds, it can very quickly move and spread and jump across the farm and jump across the other farms. So, um, you know, everyone needs to be talking about this. Everyone needs to be monitoring and make sure that this does not get any further than it needs to. Any indication at all that, like you mentioned, it's in the Tabor area, any indication they have found it other areas, like, you know, more uh, into Saskatchewan and things like that? Not that I've heard, Sean. Um, and and I'm unsure, you know, there wasn't, I didn't really see any further information about how it would have come up or maybe where it came from. Mm. Um, but I think it's just, if you have a lot of downy brome, it's just something to be monitoring and, and keeping in the back of your mind that, uh, hey, there's that risk here. Yeah, we got a story up at realagriculture.com about that too. So check it out if you want more information on that downy brome re- resistance. Okay, uh, now speaking of resistance, uh, wild oat resistant monitoring. Uh, give us an update there. Yeah, so I mean, if you've been listening, wild oat resistance is 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 a common topic that we're seeing grow more and more across the province. I'm getting more comments from agronomists across the province saying, Hey, 
I'm seeing more and more of this. And, you know, even under decent rotations of, of herbicide groups and crops, we're seeing this start to pop up. And, um, you know, it could be spreading in from different locations, but it could be from, from you know, past maybe herbicide usage that wasn't as good as it, as it is now of, of, in terms of rotating groups. Um, so again, this is something to be keeping your eyes on, um, monitoring for resistance. If, if wild oats are breaking through, I know we like to assume, hey, maybe this popped up after I did my in-crop, but really taking a close look and seeing whether those crop, that though, that wild oat is staged similarly um, to the stuff that, to the, to the wild oats that did die off and making sure that, you know, maybe this didn't come up after, um, maybe this came up at the same time and it has resistance. And then working with your agronomist to send in and submit samples. There's a few places we can send it to across the prairies. Um, so getting the, those samples send it in, uh, sent in and uh, tested for, for resistance to see what you're working with and see how you can manage your herbicides after that to mitigate the impact. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your Agra weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 10. Fog patches developing overnight, the low minus 18. Wind chill minus 16 tonight, minus 25 overnight. Friday, partly cloudy, fog patches dissipating in the morning. Wind southwest 20 gusting to 40. The high tomorrow minus 6, the same as the low, minus 6. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 9. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 1. Some evening snow and a low of minus 7. Monday, periods of snow and windy. High minus 4, low minus 19. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 19, the low minus 24. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 17. Normal high is minus 10, the normal low minus 22. The sun rose at 8.41 this morning. It sets at 5.42 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Val Marie, again in the southwest corner at minus 2. The cold spot up North Island Falls, minus 22. Estevan is minus 17, Saskatoon minus 10, Swift Current minus 4, Weyburn minus 14, Yorkton minus 18. Regina cloudy and minus 14, that's 7 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 9, the wind chill right now minus 20. 72% is the relative humidity and the barometric pressure is rising 103.5. Light snow and moose jaw minus 11, winds are from the south, southwest at 9. Once again, Regina cloudy and minus 14, that's 7 above Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Stoller Enterprises Canada has outlined several new crop stress products for farmers this spring. Commercial Director Ryan Bonnet says the products will improve crop production this year 
One of the key products, he says, is BioForge Advanced. Uh, so what this thing does for farmers is it helps them recover from any type of crop stress or crop damage. So the best way I'd kind of describe it for uh, for a guy to use is is if you want to reduce that yellow flash in a pulse herbicide, nice after a pulse herbicide, or even after a hailstorm or chemical damage in your crop, this is where you'd apply something like BioForge. So what about drought? Does it any application for drought? Uh, I wouldn't say it has a, a great application for drought, but a drought is a stress. Um, what I'd say to anybody is that, like, obviously you need water to, to grow your crop, but this will help it push through some stresses. But, you know, if we get like three, four months of drought or hot, hot weather like we had last year, n- nothing's going to help. How effective is it? How new is it? Uh, so relatively new here in Western Canada, but we've been using it across the world. And in all of our trial data, this is one where we get, uh, you know, probably the most consistent returns, two to three bushel an acre on peas and lentils on almost any given year. Those are the crops it's for? You can use it on pretty much any crop, but we really try to focus it in on uh, pulses and canola because those are the ones that are probably your weaker crops across Western Canada um, and the ones where we'd see the most stress and the most bang for your buck. Now, Ryan, you've also got a new chemical to me called Excite. Just what is it? Yeah, Excite's... (laughs) relatively brand new here across western canada what excite is is a plant hormone product and we'll get into all the details on that one but essentially what it does for a farmer is that if you apply this on your crop proactively before a heat event it'll help your crop push through those heat stresses better than if you wouldn't have done it so i'll give you an example last year we found our best results on guys putting this proactively like before those big two or three weeks of heat that we had Um, the guys that put this on before or right at the onset got the best results so this is a, a product for a drought-type scenario in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I'd say drought and heat is probably more what I would kind of stick it to. Um, nothing really kind of helps you against drought, but that heat stress that we get all the time in like the first couple of weeks of July and through August, especially the last two years have been really bad on that. This is where this thing shines. So what about cost, these two products? Yeah, they would be $11 an acre approximately for each one of them, uh, just depending on what your local retail price is at. Now, you've also got one other chemical that is new to me, Action 5. How does it work? Just what is it? Yeah, Action 5%. What this is is a seed dressing. Uh, It's got about 5% calcium in and then, again, some plant hormone components in it as well. And what this thing does is helps your crops germinate better in a saline soil-type condition. All right, so it's not fixing saline soil, but if you're a guy that, you know, can't take that, uh, you know, those alkali patches out of your production because of, uh, you know, all the financial stresses that you have, something like this is going to get more germination in those areas, and it's going to get out of the ground better. It's going to have more seeds come out of the ground, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's worked well for the guys that use it. So why come up with these chemicals now? Why outline them now? Essentially, farming's getting harder and harder, and guys have more and more nuanced problems on their farm. Um, guys are really good at applying, you know, chemical, fertilizer. I think guys are getting really good at that, but it's all these extra small little stresses and problems that guys are seeing that's really cutting back that last two or three bushel an acre. And, and you know, as everybody knows, the last two or three bushel an acre is kind of what makes you either successful or not successful in a year. You know, so this is one or two things that we can help farmers grow through again certain problems that they have good to hear there's something for alkali areas <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't think i know a guy that i've met across western canada that doesn't have one particular alkali patch or field that is always a problem so yeah we're, we're trying to help that out tell me a bit of background what is Stoller enterprises yeah, Stoller was, uh, you know, it started about 50 years ago with uh, a guy named Jerry Stoller. He, he was kind of a guy, 
you know, ahead of his time. Uh, nowadays, we get all, all the conversations around, you know, biostimulants and biologicals, all these things that uh, weren't kind of in the forefront. But Jerry talked about this stuff 50 years ago. Um, start fi- finding out how, like, micronutrients and other type of chemicals can affect plants like that. Now it's really coming to the forefront. More people are talking about it. But what a lot of people probably don't know about a company like ours is that we're in 20 different countries and we've been there for 20-plus years. Um, so, you know, big countries where we do a lot of business, Brazil, Argentina, you know, different stresses than up here. Uh, but those stresses seem to be coming to impact our growers up here more so than ever. So, again, probably more of a, a history lesson there for you. But, yeah, something new here in Canada, but it's not new around the world. Bonnet is the commercial director for Staller Enterprises Canada. He's originally from Gravelberg. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Fertilizer prices went through the roof last year with major price increases for most products. While some of those prices have gone down a bit over the past couple months, they remain well above long-term averages. Josh Linville is the Director of Fertilizer with StoneX in Missouri and participated in a webinar yesterday sponsored by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. He provided details, outlooks for urea, UAN and anhydrous ammonia. We'll have more on those in the coming days, but this is what Linville concluded his presentation with yesterday. Number one, it is very, very easy to get angry with these markets. And you should be because, gosh dang it, it's hard to pull the trigger on this stuff. When it comes down to it, be angry, be upset, do all the things. But when you have to make your decision, do everything you can to make it a calm, level-headed decision for you. Not your neighbor, not for your supplier, not for what other people in the region are doing. It's got to be your decision. You are the decider. You are the CEO of your organization. You've got to look at it from that perspective. And number two, and you're probably going to sit there and scream at me for this, have more conversations with your supplier. You talk about the risk, all those risks that we're talking about through all this presentation, they are dealing with it as well. If you're buying hundreds of tons, they're buying thousands, tens of thousands, and they're just as scared as you are. If we just shut down and don't tell them anything, they don't know how to plan. And they're not going to bring the stuff in just for the heck of it. There's too much risk out there. The last thing I want to have happen is that we shut down and say, ha, I got your prices are going down. But then find out there's no product to buy when it comes to season. And all of a sudden, we're dealing with a much bigger issue in the springtime. Try to do away with, uh, you know, emotion and try to have more conversations. It, it, hopefully, we can get through the thing. We can get to next summer. We can normalize this. We can go back to a decent world. We can take some time off. But until then, we've got to be on our game. Bill is the director of fertilizer with StoneX in Missouri. Canada's food professor has positive words for Canadian food supply chains in challenging times. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois says Canadians should be extremely proud of our food supply chains. He says they have managed to pivot with every twist and turn the pandemic has created over the past two years. No, it's not broken. And frankly, I, I, I don't necessarily appreciate when someone suggests that it is broken. Uh, of course, we'll see market failures in there, and, uh, and they are some policy-induced obstacles uh, that are often thrown at the industry. But overall... Um, I mean, I have faith in the industry. I have faith in the supply chain, and uh, and and all the time, every single time, the industry figures out a way to actually work with uh, 
what's at play. And uh, whether it's a snowstorm, uh, a recall, and yes, vaccine mandates at the border, uh, I, I think we should appreciate how resilient our supply chain uh, actually is. Charlebois says recent shortages on some store shelves are due to the immediate impact of the new type of COVID-19. I think Omicron was a big blow to the industry. I mean, with Omicron, we're seeing more, uh, for sure. And, and, and that's because you have to do what you need to do with, with, with fewer people around. And that's all, the entire economy was impacted by, by Omicron. But what's different with, with, ag, with ag and food is that you have perishable ingredients. So you end up wasting more. Uh, in fact, I'm sure that Albertans have noticed that, uh, that some fresh products are not as fresh as they used to in stores. The last thing you want is, is to hoard and buy for two weeks' worth of groceries because you'll end up wasting a lot. You'll have to throw away a lot. So you don't need to, to do that. Um, so, But at the end of the day, I mean, some people may uh, underappreciate the economics of, of food distribution. Grocers uh, know that empty shelves are just bad for business. Uh, they want you to walk away from their stores with stuff in your hands. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. So they'll do anything possible to get food on shelves. Uh, so economic motives are absolutely clear, and they will get things moving across the supply chain. That's Canada's food professor, Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University and formerly University of Regina. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose $5 at $9.35.72. Number one red spring wheat went down $1.27 at $4.18.96. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 689.36. Feed barley, 378.64. Flax, $1,271.78. Lentils, 887.50. Oats, 471.53. Yellow peas, 629.22. And feed wheat, 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell four and a quarter cents at 9.12 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Hello, Cattlemen. Junior for Heartland Livestock Services of Yorkton with your market report for the week of January 26th. A real nice run on offer here this week with 2320 in the pre-sort, 550 cows and bulls for a total of 2870. We saw the feeder market under a little pressure on certain sets of cattle, but for the most part, steady to last week. Here are a few highlights of this week's sale. Buckskin steers, 507 pounds at 236.50, 635 weights at 220, 712 at 211, and the 950-pound buckskin steers at $1.87. On the block steers, 490 at 249 and a quarter, 640 at 216.75, 706 at 206, and your 910 weights at $1.88. On the red X steers, 590 at 211, 640 at 215, 715 at 204, and the 920 weights at $1.86 and a quarter. On the half for trade, they are still 25 to 30 cents back of the steers. 
On the cow and bull trade this week, we saw a stronger market on both sets. 525 cows averaged 73.50. D1, D2 cows 73 to 79 with a high of 82. D3 cows 60 to 69. Your light shelly cows 40 to 55. 33 big bulls averaged $1.05 with a high of $1.21 and a quarter on a good, hard, exotic bull. Producers, bread cow sale this Friday at 11 a.m. 275 cows expected with some dispersals and herd reductions. Give the office a call for more information. Also, producers, remember Wednesday, February 9th, our Spackle Park Influence Sale. Quite a few had listed already, so call in to get them booked. Our pre-starts are filling up fast, so give us a call to get them booked in. All cattle need to be booked for these sales. Once again, this is the Junior for Heartland Yorkton. Thank you, and have a great day. Saskatchewan pork prices. This is for both Sig4 Brandon and BP4 Moose Jaw plants. The price is $182.05 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Bank of Canada kept its key interest rate on hold yesterday, but warned higher interest rates are coming to help it reel in inflation from its hottest pace in three decades. The central bank lined up to kick off what is expected to be a series of rate hikes this year, starting as early as March, as it dropped its forward guidance that it would keep its key policy rate at its rock-bottom level of 0.25%, where it has been since March 2020, during the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Bank of Canada said indicators now suggest the economy is running at capacity, including a labour market that's, by most standards, back at pre-pandemic levels, with growth over the last few months stronger than senior decision-makers anticipated. The bank's next scheduled rate call is in five weeks, setting up March as a month of monetary tightening on both sides of the border, after the U.S. Federal Reserve also said Wednesday that rate hikes will soon be needed. On the markets, the TSX is up 123 points at 20,719. The Dow has risen 491 points at 34,659. Oil is down 12 cents at 87.23 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 19 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.71 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. 